This is The Big Question, where we do our best to answer questions from young disciples at Grace Presbyterian Church and to be at peace with the mysteries that we can't explain. I'm Pastor Mark, your host, and in this episode we have questions from Sam VR, Israel, Susanna, Caleb J, Caleb F, and Joanna. First, we'll tackle a few serious questions, then we'll look at this episode's big question, and we'll wrap things up with a few fun questions. Let's start with our serious questions. Our first question comes from Sam VR, who asks, Was the first human sin Eve thinking about taking the fruit? Sam, what a perceptive question this is. Whenever we think about human sin, it's important to remember that it's not just what we do that is sinful, but also the corrupt desires of the heart. Our actions flow from those disordered desires. That means you can be guilty of sin even if you don't act on your wrong desires. People who tell themselves they're basically good because they haven't committed any terrible sins are forgetting that the heart itself is wicked. When it comes to Eve, however, things get complicated. The Bible doesn't trace human sin back to her thoughts prior to eating the fruit, but to the actual act of eating. So to say that the first sin was actually the intention to eat, or to go back farther and say that the first sin was Eve questioning God, that's simply an inference. It's probably best just to think of the first sin as the whole event, from thought to action. In fact, the Bible and the Westminster Standards often group both Eve and Adam's actions together as one big event, the sin of our first parents. And that's probably the way we want to think about this. And now Israel asks, how many worlds are there? Well, Israel, it depends on what you mean by world. When sailors traveled from Europe to America, they called this the New World. And now you'll sometimes hear people refer to the other side of the Atlantic Ocean as the Old World. When they say world, they mean something like region or territory. Some people think of galaxies the same way. They think the universe consists of many worlds. There are even theorists who believe in multiple universes or even multiple realities. The Bible says that God created everything, and the everything that God made is often described as the world and everything in it. When we use the word world this way, there is only one world, the one God made, which includes all the wonderful mysteries still left for us to discover. Now it's time for the big question. Our big question this week comes from Susanna. Let's give her a round of applause. Here's Susanna's question. Do you think in heaven we will get everything we want or just want less? To be honest, Susanna, I think the answer might be both. 
But to do this question justice, we need to think about why we want the things we want. In other words, we need to think about human desire, because that's really what you're asking here. In the life to come, will we get everything that we desire now, or will our desires change? Let's pause for a second so I can issue a disclaimer. What I'm about to do is informed guesswork based on scripture. It's not easy to answer definitively any question about what the new heaven and earth will be like, because the Bible speaks of the life to come through symbols and analogies, and it's not always clear to us what they mean. This gives us something to work with, but rest assured, whatever guesses we make, the reality of living in God's presence will be so much better than what I'm about to imagine. So, with that out of the way, let's think about why you want what you want. There's a lot of stuff you'd like to have. Some of the stuff you want is physical, right? Toys, pets, money, houses, playgrounds, water slides, you get the idea. But some of the things you want are more spiritual. Things like friendship and love and fulfillment and happiness and so on. But a lot of the things we want are not actually good things. We want people to serve us. We want people to envy us. We want revenge on people who've been mean to us. We want to take whatever we want, and we don't care whose it is. And the funny thing is, we're pretty good at convincing ourselves that everything we want is good and good for us. In other words, our hearts are deceitful. Now, some people are so deceived that they actually pray for God to give them bad things. They imagine that heaven must be a place where all their desires, no matter how sinful, are fulfilled. But if you stop and think for just a minute, you can see that that can't really be how it is. God isn't going to fulfill evil desires. Therefore, it can't be that in heaven we will get everything we want, because not everything we want is right. So, in one sense, we could answer your question this way. No, you won't get everything you want in heaven. Instead, you will want less. You will only want the good things and not the bad ones. If you're paying attention, though, that answer includes a little wrinkle. Something happens to our wanting. It changes. So, let's consider that. In this life, human beings want a lot of sinful things because our desires are corrupted by sin. But will that still be the case in the life to come? No, because in the new creation, we will be glorified. And part of that is the full restoration of our hearts. No more sinful desire. Instead, we will long for what is good. Right now, you long for good, but only to a point. Only so much. Honestly, I'm not even sure that we understand what good with a capital G truly is. But when we see Jesus face to face, when we know fully, even as we have been fully known, then we will want what is good more than we can even imagine right now. So in that sense, you won't want less in heaven. You'll want more, much more. Only you'll want differently, because what you will want will be good. 
Now, the question is, how much of all this new good that you want will you actually get? And here, the answer has to be all of it. I think that when we are united with Christ in the presence of God, we will experience complete fulfillment. All our longings will be satisfied and complete. So, what you want will change, and it will change for the better, and you will want much more than you can even imagine right now, and everything you want will be fulfilled. You will get it, because you will get wholeness and glory and peace and total fulfillment. No matter how close we get in this life to understanding this, I think we will not even scratch the surface of how wonderful it is to be in the presence of God. That will have to wait until we are there. Before we close, let's look at a few fun questions. We have two questions about fantasy football, one from Caleb J. and one from Caleb F., Caleb J. wants to know, who will you use your first fantasy pick on? And Caleb F. asks, I know you think you're going to win fantasy football, but who do you think is going to get second place? Okay, first, Caleb J. should know by now that my strategy for fantasy football is to let the computer choose my players, and then to do nothing throughout the season. No trades, no moves, no nothing. And I'm sticking to that master plan. And Caleb F. needs to realize that I don't think I'm going to win. I know I'm going to win. Maybe I won't be at the top of the league. I won't have the most points scored. But I'll find some criteria that will allow me to declare victory. As far as second place goes, that's a great question. Uh, I have a good idea, I think, who won't come in second. But I don't know who will. So we'll just have to wait and see. And now Joanna asks, where is your favorite place to go on vacation? It's funny you should ask that, Joanna, because I'm about to go on vacation with Lori and we will be heading to our favorite place. This is the first real vacation we've taken in a very long time. No work, only relaxation. So we are excited. We'll be going to Paris, France. While we're there, we will walk along the banks of the river, see the sights, and go to a lot of restaurants. We'll visit bookstores, museums, and monuments, and do a lot, a lot of walking. But that means that we'll be taking a little break from the big question while I'm on vacation. This will be our last episode before I leave. The big question will return when I do, which will be on the fourth Sunday in October. Will you miss me? I hope so. Keep asking great questions, and when I get back from Paris, I will do my best to answer them. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to The Big Question. Remember, if we're going to find the answers, then we have to ask the questions. Never be afraid to ask, and never be satisfied with easy answers. The truth will stand up to scrutiny. Until next time, keep asking the big questions.